While the normally calm ostrich bear may seem to make a good pet, do not be fooled. While nesting, these nimble creatures become fiercely territorial. Any attempt by a non-ostrich bear to approach one of their eggs will result in an attack that few mortals can outrun, much less survive. You may be familiar with their more popular cousins, the owl bears. While they seem to be closely related, most experts consider them to be two different species. Tricks for surviving an owlbear attack rarely work against the ferocity of a nesting ostrich bear protecting its offspring. If you do come across an ostrich bear in the wild, do not panic. There are several tricks you can use to ensure that you have the encounter of a lifetime that keeps both you and the ostrich bear safe. Number one, do not maintain eye contact for more than five seconds. Doing so will cause the ostrich bear to view you as a predator and everything that entails. Number two, stay at least 50 feet from any nests or eggs. This is extremely important as nesting ostrich bears are fiercely territorial. Number three, do not approach the ostrich bear. It must come to you. Any move towards it will result in you again being viewed as a predator. Until next time, may the day greet you with the potential of a runic sunrise and fill you with the wonder of a runic sunset. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reckless Attack. Yay. Hello, 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 Welcome. hello. hello. It was to an Zombocom. Echo. <laughs> <laughs> Reckless Zombotag. <laughs> nope, that didn't work. Hi, everyone. This is Reckless Attack. We are a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. I, I think. thought you were pointing to me and I was like, I don't actually know. <laughs> if it went in like a round where yeah. I was just, I missed, you do it. Yeah. You do it. It's the pressure. The pressure's on me every week. Damn it. And I had you a show panic me. attack. I'm like, I don't know which one is first. <laughs> are we a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> we are a podcast, but where are, where is podcast in the order of things that What's we are? What's the priority? Yeah. I like how this has gone from like a brand to like, just like a, a panic inducing series yes. of words. 100%. 100%. Uh, the, the panicked individual you hear screaming some combination of fifth dungeons podcast dragons and edition uh actual play in there somewhere is me dungeon master nathan hello thank you once again for joining us here at our table there is a lot going on but first before we get into that juicy juicy catch up why don't we go over to my left and have a certain individual introduce herself hi everybody my name is sophie and i play valeska carter the human Asterisk cleric of the Arcana domain. And who boy does she miss Agmar right now? <laughs> there, uh, there's been a lot that has happened. Uh, She's has... been juiced yep. on magical <laughs> steroids mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. is like really coming down from that, but also is like, I can look back at this and understand what happened, but I'm still like crashing from adrenaline right now. Still crashing from adrenaline? There is, I would imagine, a degree of existential questioning at minimum of like, wait, I, there's a what spirit inside of me? Hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. That has not quite 
registered yet because it's been it, it, the attribute reversal happened mm-hmm. and the smoke creature died. And then there was the bones, yeah. non-tethered bones. So like no t- processing time whatsoever. Correct. Absolutely. Accurate. But brought to us, uh, the untethered brought to us by... <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Jonathan and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And kind of similarly to Valeska, Checkers is also starting to come down from that adrenaline high of being chased around by a screaming member <laughs> of the bones. But also is just very excited that... Kaskrin still remembers breakfast time. <laughs> <laughs> All these weeks yeah. or months yeah. later. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like, it, it has been a while. So, yeah. like, you know, there's that little bit of connection between the two of them now, and it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rekindling that old fire, you know? <laughs> and the, the, the other partner yeah. in, this, in this breakfast <laughs> the time The time experience. to my yeah. breakfast. Right. Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock. And Kaskrin, for the briefest moment, has experienced the joy of flight. <laughs> As he has been propelled five feet in the air by Mango for coming back down. Freedom! Holy shit. What could a you, joyous occasion. Could you imagine if this, like, unlocks something in Kaskrin? Yeah. Where, like... <laughs> I've he's, never been five feet above the ground before. <laughs> Where he's so, so literally and metaphorically grounded and, you know, has such a connection to the earth that he can feel what's around him. And he's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Now all I want in the world is to fly. <laughs> this is what I've been missing. I just, I just want to feel weightless. Weightless one more time. Fabulous. How liberating. How incredible. <laughs> and to my left. Hello, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Sylvesterlin, the dragonborn monk. Who, uh, I think everything went really well last time. Yeah, surprisingly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was everything started went- Started ac- rough. Everything's yeah. coming up, Sel. It, it did start a little rough, but, uh, yeah, we're, uh, it's all good now. <laughs> all that's, good now. That's all behind us. We're just gonna take a nice, leisurely walk back to Agmar- I think, <laughs> right? If it's still there, yeah. well, yeah. we'll we'll yeah. we'll you, talk about that. <laughs> I mean, th- there is this is Dungeons and Dragons, and there is the possibility that we could get to Agmar and find a enormous smoking crater where Agmar <laughs> yeah. used to be. That um, is a canonical thing that can and has happened to cities <laughs> on Rixia, so. and uh, and then we can begin our Star Trek Borg game. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's it for me. I think uh, <laughs> that's I think what I, got going on. I think we should pass it back to Nathan so he could say as you guys approach Agmar. Uh, Nathan, alas, no. If you, if oh, you would, dang it. Uh, I tried, yada, folks. Yada, yada. Folks, I tried. I tried. I am too powerful. Well, I think we've talked a lot about what has happened in the last couple sessions. Essentially, you guys are outside the red city of Agmar, trying to recapture some untethered members of the undead guard of the city who. You don't you didn't know what had happened to them, but you knew it must be bad. Turns out it was bad. There was a strange smoke fire creature that fed off of aggression in others that was seemingly taking control of the members of the bones. They attempted to take control of the fortunate who was your guide as you ventured outside the walls, but you guys were able to stop them from doing so. And then to cap all of that off, Checkers did indeed lead the untethered back to the group, but you were able to ultimately placate this, place some magical bracers on it to bring it under a degree of control. The Pied Piper of Agmar. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that is where you find yourselves. You have you have checked. You've made sure no one else is approaching you, at least you no know, other untethered Bones members, anything like that. You seem to be relatively safe, but several hours away from Agmar and several away several hours away from walls you know are very important to keeping you alive especially when it gets dark out now you know there is a strange staff that this creature left behind that you're about to take a look at you know you have a seemingly placated member of the bones who is we'll say unresponsive but seems to be able to be guided or led and you know that there is another member of the Bones hypothetically out here somewhere. But also know that there is a ticking clock. So, that is the scene that we enter on. You guys are maybe still, like you said, coming down from the high-octane last few minutes. Realizing the situation that you are in. Realizing how hurt some members of your party are. And knowing what still lays before you. What do you do? continue cast ritually casting detect magic seems good <laughs> so while Cass and Selv are recovering I would actually like to go back to the site where checkers found the other member of the bones mm-hmm. and check around there for tracks to see if there's signs of a second member of the bones running around somewhere okay and Kaskrin is kind of taking a moment to assess the situation you know he looks around he sees that there is the wide forest above us. He can see the sun kind of poking down through some of the canopy of the trees, though a little less so as it's getting later in the day. And there is like broken coral all around from the spell. There are huge mounds of earth being moved from when this creature came in. And it's just like the battlefield. He's like taking a moment and he's resting and recuperating as self or as, as Valeska is casting this magic and just taking it all in. Okay. How long until sunset, approximately? So you guys left around noon, as I recall, maybe a little before noon even. And you were walking for probably three-ish hours. And so you probably have an hour or two before you have to start heading back. And that is, like, best-case scenario. Is, cool, you have a couple hours, and then if you're able to go the direction you want and be relatively undisturbed... You should get there at least close enough to sundown that you should be relatively safe. Casper mm-hmm. turns to Selv and says, Selv, very impressive. There were some nice moves back there. Mostly instinct, but thank you. Yeah, the way you jumped on top of that skeleton, that was super cool. Thank you. I was channeling my inner checkers. Nice. <laughs> You learned all that at the monastery, did you? Well, not jumping on the back of undead. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't, uh... That. that was not part of the curriculum, uh, no. But they did try to, uh, instill improvisation into all of our combat. And Kaskrin's, you know, kind of just making small talk as Valeska is casting spells. As part of the small talk between, uh, Cass and Selv, your ability to move Earth, uh, if we get stuck out here, can you make a shelter out of that? Or using it? Given enough time, I think so. It'd be hard to have anything to cover it, to protect us from the rain, but we could at least make a a trench, is usually what it's used for. Hmm. Not as concerned about the rain as um, 
other things that are out here. It might be best if we can find a, a cave or, or make a something a little bit more protected while we're out here, but I, I guess in a pinch it would work. Good to know. And did we pass any caves or anything that would... That looks like it, if we need to, we could get go into there and be somewhat protected for the evening? Yes, but it would be a little... It, it would. You guys took a somewhat circuitous route that was a little bit safer, so you would have to go kind of back that direction okay. to go to them. Val is, like, hunched over the staff laid out in front of her, and you see this light blue glow around the staff and she is just magic like there's a incorporeal book in front of her and she is just flipping through the pages oh, love that cool yeah love that so God, oh, so cool yeah. and, <laughs> and you, you'll if you would look that you think the blue from the book is reflected in her eyes but if you take a moment to look her eyes are glowing that blue Sick. <laughs> still again Val is so cool yes yep. As we are kind of investigating, relaxing, uh, searching, are we short resting here? Are we killing an hour? I am not responding to anything because I'm ritually casting a spell. Well, it, uh, I guess it depends on Val's capacity yeah. for healing spells and what we have left. Checkers would not be short resting, but he would absolutely keep a lookout in case others need to. Okay. I think you and I are the most beat up, and I think yeah. we could really use the rest before traipsing back through the forest to yes, Agmar. Uh, especially because that would, uh, I would get the key points yeah. back also. I think in order to make it back, just in case we end up getting delayed, that has to happen. Yeah. Okay. So, as you guys are essentially making some hard decisions about how much time you are spending out in the wilderness and how much time you're spending not traveling, Val, you have this strange object in front of you. It is, it is almost strangely simple and streamlined. It does not appear... Like, it makes no sense that this creature was able to kind of bend it like a bowstring. It seems to be made out of a strange, almost black wood. But wood. Weird wood, but wood. Seems totally, perfectly straight, well-carved, but seems to be just a regular piece of wood. You see, of course, at the top, some remnants of the gemstone that exploded as this creature died. And as you are detecting magic, both for me and for the listener who may not remember exactly what detect magic does, could you read the spell out, please? Yes. For the duration, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. If you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic, and you learn the school of magic, if any. So, there is a shitload of magic. Okay. <laughs> ah. uh, but tons. Got it. But tons of magic. You get some of the details that I will also be informing you, but the most notable thing, as you're sitting there, as you are leafing through your astral notebook <laughs> and you are trying to connect with whatever it is that you connect with to get this sort of insight and see the world in this different way as you look at this object that same 
feeling that you got when the smoke creature said that you were housing a traitorous spirit from wherever that is in your body, real or imagined, you feel a, like a hum almost, as if something inside of you is reacting. It's just this almost unexplainable sensation that makes no sense biologically, anatomically, but that's the only way you can describe it, is something inside of you is reacting to your careful inspection of this. Do I get a sense that it is a positive or negative reaction? Roll me an insight check on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ten. Mm. I feel like I'm trying to insight while ritually casting a spell, so it's like a disadvantage. Yeah, yeah, basically. But like... You don't know enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you Val is someone who knows when she does not have the answer. And this is one of those times where you, all you can say is that there is a reaction. Okay. Other things that you notice in the more mechanics of Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, you see many auras around this. Enchantment, necromancy, evocation, and conjuration all at once. Well, bam. That is a lot. This is probably one of the more magical things on Rixia that is not an artifact. Mm -hmm. That is not a legendary item from history. Mm -hmm. So you maybe have seen something like this, but you you would be well learned enough to know this already is one of the most powerful things on this planet. As that information reveals itself to Val, she sits back and, like, takes a couple deep breaths to let the gravity of this item, like, sink into her mind. And she will take out, like, a cloth and slowly and carefully wrap it up to put away to carry and walks back to the group and will wait for a break in their conversation. Well, I think if you're coming back, we kind of just stop talking. <laughs> yeah, like, Probably uh, does true. Does come back at some point? Or? So the way I'm imagining this is Junior would still be on top of Kaskrin's head. Yeah. He never <laughs> First left. of all. Yes. Yeah. I important. thought he left off Kaskrin's head because his strength and wisdom got swapped, and so he was charging into battle. Uh, that that <laughs> was semi-canonical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, he is he is safe atop the head of Kaskrin. Right. But Checkers would actually still be off searching for the other untethered. Okay. Then when Velasca comes over to Selv and Kaskrin, you know, will look up to you, and Kaskrin will say... What did you find? This is still a significantly magical object that has four different schools of magic imbued into it. I can't figure out more right now, but I've packed it up to take it with us. I definitely need to study this more. I don't know if it will come across on uh, audio, but Kaskrin does that like whistle of like, phew, wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's magical. Jonathan, could you give me a survival roll, please? Absolutely. And I'm wondering too, can Mango help me in some way by just... I don't know. 
can he help you in some way? Does can, he have can, like magical scent? Can he take the help action? Can anyone help? I you? can command him to take the help action. <laughs> yeah, using my bonus action. Yeah, I mean, gen- genuinely, yeah. as long as as long as that is, I'm yeah, hell, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would love for Mango to maybe Checkers is looking specifically where the bones was, but Mango might be taking like a wider perimeter mm-hmm. just to see if there's any like broken branches or anything else that he is aware of. But okay, I would like for him to help me out, please. Yeah, absolutely, that works for me. 21 for survival. Yep, there it is. <laughs> uh, guys, I found it. <laughs> Making all kinds of friends today, huh? So you guys, the three of you, are talking about short resting, about this incredibly powerful item, about how best to proceed. As you know that Checkers is not too far away, I'm sure being very responsible in terms of the distance. And not dead. And definitely not dead. Uh, since there is a junior on mm-hmm. your head, and you know. So, checkers would actually take an unusually long amount of time to come back. Like, it doesn't make any sense that he... Like, if he was just going to the original site and back, it would take maybe a few minutes. But he's gone pretty much the entire hour. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. And when he finally comes back... Uh, I'm trying to think if Val would wait that long. I think... The Kaskrin would like there would be some concern, but he knows that that Junior is still on his head, so he's like trying like to convince everyone. It's like it'll be fine; he'll be back in a bit. Just give him some time. This like, is not the first yeah, time. This is not the first time. Yeah, that Checkers has disappeared randomly, right, and run off. Like this is you know this is within expectations, <laughs> but like close to the end of a full hour. Check- Val and Checkers are gonna have some discussions. <laughs> here's, here's- All right, cast fine, yeah. but we're yeah. gonna yeah. have discussions yeah. about expectations for the next adventure. And, and when I when I say a quick look around, here's what I mean, <laughs> and I'd like to see what you mean so that we can meet somewhere in the middle. You but, say that that way, but Val is having that talk. Uh, yeah, yep. But I don't want to. It's too bad. <laughs> Val will level up and cast hold person on you. That's when we learn that Checkers isn't a person. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but so Checkers would come back fairly late and just have this kind of quizzical, like, questioning, not really sure what he saw look on his face. He's not being chased by something. That's good. <laughs> yes. So, you guys are going to want to sit down for this one. Um, I don't want to do the whole thing in Checkers' voice, so I'm, but <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. But, but Checkers will explain what he has been up to and what he has seen. So, in the original site where he first saw the Untethered, he went back and there were remnants of what looked like a shattered or destroyed armband laying on the ground where the Untethered was. And it was interesting just because there was it was in so many different pieces, but it looked like it was just enough for the one armband. However, he did see two additional sets of tracks from that spot. One was going off into the forest, and when he went to go check there, he saw what were signs of a battle of some kind, like a very fierce confrontation Lots of tracks, lots of movement, and a lot of burn marks on the ground, too. And what he also found there were signs of another shattered armband. Finally, off in a different direction from the original location were 
signs of another member of the Bones quickly running away from there, but there weren't signs that an armband had been left behind. So Checkers only found enough scraps for two armbands. But there were signs of three bones yes, in that area. Exactly. And just from what he saw, the other bones was moving very quickly, like it was running. And the tracks were a couple days old. So it's unclear if that member of the bones is still around at this point. But it's also unclear if it was untethered. Do we know if the shield said if there were two other bones out here or three? There were two out here, but there were three on the patrol because one came back to Agmar and was or was found rather yeah. as an untethered. So it was the first one that you saw in the basement of their headquarters, and then there was two more out here. But and so and we have three with no armband. No, 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 no. So three. Uh, this is my understanding. Three were out here yes. uh, on a patrol. Two of them have had the armbands destroyed or removed or shattered. The third one looks like it went running off. Mm-hmm. So it seems like we've actually found both of the untethered bones already. One's back at Agmar and one's here with us. Why did that one run off and not come back to the Agmar? Potentially it could have run so far as to avoid this creature that it could still be making its way back. Or maybe it got lost out here. I mean, it just ran off in a direction. Mm-hmm. Does Val have... Sorry, Val would have a map of the area. Yes, I think... It's a Val thing. Absolutely. Again, at minimum, you would have the overworld map that mm-hmm. I, you know... Like, you would have a version of that same, like, 3D topographical one... Yeah. ...that is on your headquarters. You would, yeah, mm-hmm. you would be able to have that for sure. Is it reasonable for Val to be able to get a close enough estimation of where this clearing is and mark it on a map? Checkers might have a decent idea of where they are just because I'm assuming like while he and the rest of the party were traveling out here, he probably took the opportunity to hop up to some of the treetops just to at least get a like a view from the top of a tree where they were. So I'm thinking... We did find the sky whales. Yeah, right. So we found the sky whales. We found the horrible lightning flesh creatures. <laughs> and Self, Self has a decent survival, so he could either take point or help trying to figure out where we are. I would say that you guys would have a decent idea of what direction you needed to go to mm-hmm. be back to Agmar. Mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. especially with the sun, all that kind of stuff. But to be able to pinpoint it on a map would be doable but you'd have to roll for it sure. and it'd be a little tricky to like get it down to this level of granular mm-hmm. specificity and now a word from our sponsor this episode is brought to you by a foul light shines a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. 
Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi everyone, David here with The Mineral. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, recklessattack.com. If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening. And now, back to the episode. I also wonder, Val, I know mind-linking with the untethered back at the the bones headquarters was an ordeal but i'm wondering if we can get something out of this one now that it's calmed down hold my book and val cast (laughs) mind link (laughs) just like okay (laughs) so you cast mind link uh what you are met with is blank okay is again neutral is the only appropriate word where there's something there. Mm-hmm. There's you're able to connect. It's not empty, but it is as if it is brain dead almost, mm-hmm. with no pun intended. Can Val speak to it and try to invoke it to use its connection to other bones? Ooh. And try to get it to like ping. The one that potentially ran away. Okay. I just want to say that's a great idea. That's a great <laughs> yeah. idea. That's, I think, yeah. what David... Yeah. David, <laughs> though he puts a lemon drink above me, <laughs> mind-waved that to me. You had a mind link. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. So, yes. Okay. You can use it as a conduit. Last time, as I recall, you didn't have to roll or anything. It just happened. So what I'm going to ask you to do is do a religion or arcana check for you to be able to... You've experienced it once. Mm -hmm. You maybe didn't understand the exact intricacies, but you think maybe I can try and do this again. Mm -hmm. Does Valeska show any indication that she is doing this? Like in the same way where Kaskrin saw the Fortunate and Valeska do this wide sweep... Does Valeska give any indication she's going to use this bones as a conduit to find the other ones? No, you just see her mind blink. I mean, like, you, Cass, were suggesting this okay. to her. Yeah. And, uh, I- and I did actively ask you to hold my book. Okay. <laughs> and then I did put my hands on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, Sophie, did, like, the double Professor X yes. movement. <laughs> and Val did that. Fingers to okay. the Yeah. So Cassgren would know. Her eyes are glowing a little bit. Uh, Kaskrin would know that, you know, this is something you're doing, you're mind linking, you're using it as a conduit. So he takes the book, uh, he puts it in like one arm, reaches into his pocket, and grabs the lucky coin. 
and he palms it uh, into your hand and says, luck be with you. I take it. Okay. I don't know what it does. <laughs> Val doesn't know what it does. Val's never seen this coin before in her life. It's a lucky coin. <laughs> That's the only explanation. Yeah. Luck. yeah. yeah. Uh, good luck. I hope that whatever you're going to do works. Yeah. And we'll it's, it's go just from my there. Lucky coin. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and if it works, it was the coin. It's, if it yeah. doesn't work, then, yeah. you know. It's my lucky coin. Yeah. Do you but, disrespect the lucky coin? What don't you get about no, that? Val Sophie or Val? Val doesn't mechanically understand. <laughs> there are no mechanics. It's lucky. It's just, it's lucky, All Sophie. Right. Uh, Val. And there are mechanics. <laughs> presses the coin against her forehead between her fingers and has a lucky coin. So. Another thing that I, I was going back and forth as to whether I'd make you roll on, and I'm not going to. I'm just going okay. to tell you. If when you pinged this out, and this was with the Fortunate's assistance, it gave you a pretty wide ping, but it was limited. Mm-hmm. If the bones is any more than how, you know, not, it, it would have to be relatively close. Mm-hmm. And this happened days ago. That you are not sure if you'd have enough power to ping it out, but if you threw a little extra juice in there, say a spell slot of some sort, you could extend your ability to ping. Nathan, I've prepared locate object. Oh. For this whole day. Ooh. So I will dump a second level locate object into this. I am... That is... Deeply perfect. Nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Awesome. Please give me a roll, and because you are spending a spell slot, it will be a very wide ping. So unless it is truly, truly long gone, you will have a good general. You'll probably have an idea of where it where it might be. The roll is how much info you get and how precise your ping is and how kind of well calibrated you mm-hmm. are. Okay, and I cherish. Cast his lucky coin as I do this. <laughs> as an action, I cherish. Yeah, <laughs> it's very precious can, to me. Can you cherish as a bonus action? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Twelve on the die. Pretty good. What type of uh, arcana or religion? Both were good, unless you had another argument. I was kind of thinking if it was just like trying to invoke mm-hmm. the bones. I was going to try to do like insight into like invoking that brotherhood or kinship part but if it sets I putting a spell in it I think it's more arcana at this point yeah I would say or, or perception could also work I would be okay with that as well but yeah so insight 16 and for all, all three of those all of those <laughs> um, that's pretty good do I get a bonus for cherishing Cass's lucky coin I don't know do you get a bonus for cherishing Cass's uh, lucky coin you you feel a warmth in your heart as you, <laughs> you cherish appropriately and you understand that Friendship and kinship are also valued that the Eternal Citadel holds dear, but otherwise it does nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is valuable, I think, yeah. regardless. Val has a warm feeling in her heart. <laughs> yes. You pick up something. Oh. It is a good distance away. It is not something you would have been able to just locate object. And in fact, if you had not spent that spell slot, you would not have been able to find it. But... Because you did, and because it is locate object, which is also just so choicely, perfectly specific, you have a good bead on where this bones or untethered is, and it is about, we'll say about an hour away from where you guys are. 
Are you sure that's not the fortunate? Val, oh. Val's like pointing, her, like she is mind linking, and she's got the coin pressed against her temple in one hand, and then with the other hand, she you, she's just like uh, got her arms sticking straight out from her from herself, and oh she's my God, orienting she's totally her doing body. The sprinkler, <laughs> yeah, like the sprinkler. <laughs> and Val's just like going back and forth, like trying to like kind of pin down where she gets the ping from. Yeah. Uh, and I'll even say... Just dialing with, in that frequency. With, yeah. <laughs> with, with that, you would have picked up the fortunate. Oh, okay. But you would, you would know that that is the direction that they ran. They are moving. You could reasonably say, okay, A, the fortunate, still alive. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. We're uh, alive, air quotes. <laughs> yeah. You get it. Still An- up. Animated. Yeah. Still animated. Ambulating. Um, and, but in addition, you get this ping. So thank you for mentioning, Steve. So Val will drop mine link and put her coin, have the coin in her hand. <laughs> Kaskin will, will, yeah, Kaskin will take the coin back and just like, good job, coin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, coin. And Val will like have her arm sticking straight out and say, <laughs> feels like it's about an hour that way. And can Val look at the map and see what general area that would be? Absolutely. It is towards some hills, mm-hmm. but that also means it is not in the direction of Akmar. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was just about to ask that. It doesn't fully derail your timeline, but going after s- it is now a risk. Yeah, it, 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 it more or less guarantees that we have to spend a night out here, unless we like or we travel in the dark at least for yeah. a while. Uh-huh. Yeah. So Val would propose we know the general direction. Of where it is, and we can fairly well mark on the map where it would be. We could return with this bones to Agmar and give the information to the bones and the Red Guard, rest in the city, and then potentially go out in the morning again to find the bones. But think of how great it would be if we showed up with both bones. (laughs) I mean, they'd have to, like, I don't know, make us king or something, right? Uh, I don't let think me, that's how that works. <laughs> we'll go back to our lesson about the different ruling structures of Rixia, and I'll remind you that Agmar is not a monarchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, fine. But great news, you've got more study time ahead of you. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Did it seem like this creature was moving at all? No. Okay, it seemed like it was just there? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was there. Okay, it was, <laughs> we we found it. It was there. If it's not moving and we're able to bring it back and it is still tethered. I have no indication of that. If it is, the return would be safer, but still not without risk. That's true. If we can find it, that might be a better way to get back. Plus, we don't know how many more of these smoke creatures are out here. We don't know if anything else can untether it. This may be our only chance to get it back safely. But we also don't know if it is tethered. Thanks for putting that in my brain. (laughs) I was hoping this was the only one, and that was it. Alas. We thought that about the fear deer, and here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Here we are, seven fear deers later. We dreamed. (laughs) But no. Point taken I mean, we can't just leave the poor thing out there if it's untethered, right? 
Like, it's it's perpetual nightmare. We gotta go find it. And Checkers is saying this as, like, a... He just wants to go get it. He doesn't particularly care if it's having a hard time. Yeah, I was about to, like, I was about to insight yeah. check yeah. checkers. It's, it's not yeah. a hard insight check. Having a hard time, air quotes. Like, so my passive insight of 16 yeah. reads through your bullshit. I think most people's passive insights probably reads yeah. through that. But Kaskarin is like, he's thinking about how to present this to the group of like, well, we should, pre- we should go save this. And then he hears checkers <laughs> just saying his own thoughts to him. He's like, yes, we should. Like, like, Checker, I'm glad you. I'm glad you finally understand. I'm glad you get it. Definitely, the the wisdom strength difference yeah. has 100 percent shifted back for Kaskrin. If we are going to go get it, we need to go now. I would just like to remind everybody: we have not prepared to spend a night out here. We have not brought any supplies with us for that. The safest option is to go back with this bones to Agmar. With the information we have, but that does leave that bones tethered or not out here for a night. That poor sad bones, all lost on its own. Val, <laughs> like dagger stares. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for feeling the way he does, but for approaching it the way he is. Yes, Val would rather have checkers just straight up say. Yeah, I want to go on this adventure. Yeah, I want to go on the adventure. It sounds cool. You're coming to the right conclusion, but (laughs) not in the right way. And and I feel like Val's even like come to a conclusion and then just say it, and that's fine. And it doesn't matter if we disagree. It just just be honest. Be honest with me. I was being honest the whole time. I mean, come on. (laughs) I mean, there's also if if we go back now and we notify the bones that. We found the third one. We don't know if it's untethered or not, but we think we took care of the thing that was untethering. Then they might send somebody out tonight, send a group out tonight. I personally would be very surprised if they risked it. Because like like Cash was saying, we only know we killed one. We have no idea if there are more. Right. And I at least, or Checkers would kind of in weird out of game like know that there was a battlefield over there with a ton of burn marks in it so it, there's no indication that there was only the one especially if it was able to fight off three bones I will say if we go and it is untethered we do have to destroy it we will not be able to outrun that and if we go back to Agmar we could potentially come back tomorrow with the manacles I understand that there are Alternatives. Maybe we could go back and find it again or send someone out to come after it in the morning. But we're here. We're the rescue party. And I I don't know if I can leave a soldier behind. Not when we're this close. I think we should still go get it, whatever risk that entails, tethered or untethered. If this creature is untethered, we cannot outrun it even if I turn the undead. Because it is yes. a dead <laughs> I, I, animated yeah, I, object that I, does not need to make constitution I, I, saving I, throws to continuously sprint away. Oh, yeah. I seem to know where I was all the time, too, so I couldn't sneak up on it. In case that helps. To my point. <laughs> <laughs> I say that only because, so we know, we will not be able to run from it and we will not be able to hide from it. Depending on how far away you are. Yeah. And what's the range on mine, Link? 40 feet. 
we will probably be able to see the armband before I can mind link to it. No guarantee that the armband is still functional if it's on. Checkers, how close were you when it picked you up? I don't know, like 30 feet? If I mind link and it is untethered, I will be incapacitated from the pure violence that exists in that brain. Mm. I will not be able to react. Checkers is getting kind of like jumpy at this point because <laughs> he knows that we're running out of time and basically we have to make a choice. Do we go after it and stay the night or do we run back to Agmar with our tail between our legs? He says that. Ooh, a, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Spicy language yeah. uh-huh. from the frog boy. So I think it, I that think it does come down to That language has no uh, impact on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that Making tracks. an emotional I, appeal I to Casper. I believe that. Well, Casper already knows what he wants Val to do. Val has her wisdom back. She knows. Yeah. <laughs> Juiced Val probably would have gone for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Selv is the tiebreaker in, in this case. Yes, because Cass and checkers are for it. Val is really not opposed to either. She does think the safest option is to go back to Agmar. 100%. Yes. But she wants to make so, very clear that everyone has all of the knowledge to make this decision. That is, that yep. is yes. I think Selv, that's a wonderful Selv, way to put it. Selv understands mm-hmm. that the safer option is to go back. But he's also doing the mental math. So assuming we have two hours, three hours before we sunset? We have one. Oh. I would say... If you got there in an hour and everything was fine, um, it would be close. You would have to nail all of your checks for getting home. You would have to not be disturbed by any sidetracks. And you could make it home reasonably close to dark. Whether or not it is a little into dark, a little before dark, you don't know. But if there is any change to that... Right, it's dark, but, or you're spending. But the night. that that tells, yeah, that tells me that we we even if we are an hour late, you know, or two hours late, we don't actually have to spend the night out. Like we could get back tonight. That is again, if we are clear and confident on our way home. Yeah, we'd have to know the exact path well, to get home. Presumably, the if the so um, that's the a bones, lot of eggs in one basket. That is a lot of counting on that being tethered. Neither here nor there on that point, I know, I know. but that is... A factual statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Because if it is untethered, we will spend a lot of resources to put it down. Hopefully, if it is untethered, we would be able to see that before we trigger its thing, and then we just... Fair. We're, we're, we're gone. Mm-hmm. That should be the decision right there. If we were able to tell right away that it is untethered, then we leave it, we go back, and we come back in the morning if we have to to take care of it. Yeah, but by the time we can tell that it's untethered, it will have seen us. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay. All right. I, as Dungeon Master, am calling for a vote. I think everyone has stated the facts as best as you know them. So, what's everyone feeling? We'll start with Kaskrin. And we'll go counterclockwise. Kaskrin sees him as a fellow soldier. You know, he's a guard of the Red City of Agmar. And to leave him out here would be breaking a soldier's oath. So he has to go get him. Okay. Kaskrin says as a guild you're supposed to save people. So, you know, that's just what we're doing today, right? (laughs) 
Once again, definitely the actual reason. <laughs> but also, yeah, Checkers does want to go on an adventure. He wants to go fight this horrible, creepy skeleton that rushed into him. Yeah, you didn't and, do any damage yeah, the last time. Yeah, exactly. Like, what kind of challenge was that? So he he is up for it. Insight-wise, I feel like I still, if you know the answer, Checkers would be extremely disappointed if this was tethered, correct? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, if, he got, if he got there and it was just like, a, oh, he's just lost, like, that would be awful. <laughs> Catastrophic. Yeah. yeah. Would never recover from this. <laughs> One more question, if I can, Absolutely. really quick. Do we know enough about the bones to know that they have a good sense of direction? Are they magically pulled back to Agmar in any way? To an extent. They... they it is not that they are magically tied to Agmar or pulled to Agmar, but generally speaking, the bones have a pretty solid sense of where they are and where they want to go. Not, it is supernatural, but not unerringly, if that distinction makes sense. Yes. So statistically, because this bones is not moving towards Agmar, I think it may be untethered, so... I would think we need to go back to Agmar, rest, recuperate before going to get it. So that is my vote. As we all, all turn And then is Mango the tiebreaker? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, as a bonus action, I command Mango to say yes. Yes. <laughs> Does so, Mango speak a language? He understands the language. That's half of speaking, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of what Checkers does. Like he speaks Pentarchy standard. <laughs> does he understand it? Uh, uh, he's when just he like chooses Kenku, to. Yeah. This whole time he just mimics what other people are saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, Solve is torn. Um, wise enough to know that they should probably go back, but also we have a potential allies out there and. That would put us in very, probably very good with the bones. Coming back with one would be good. Coming back with both would be better. Not, uh, it's out there not moving, which means, and the one that. We don't know what it means. Right, right. But the one that Checkers found was not moving. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything's going to bother it while it's out there, honestly. So I, I think right now the vote. Is to go back. Okay. Ah, fine. <laughs> we have a tie. Oh, ha-ha, mango. <laughs> Kaskrin, you know, seeing the the logic, the reason, the decisioning from Vlaska and Salve, you know, relents and say, if he's not moving, maybe he'll still be there tomorrow. Maybe someone else can come back and get him. Is your tracking of him just a one-off thing or do you still sense him it's one-off i had to use a spell while in mind link to i mean i i think i could pretty you know with some degree of accuracy mark on the map where they are um and potentially with more bones assistance get a better idea tomorrow we could come back out with the fortunate again Mm mm-hmm and perhaps uh, a different plan of other than just having them run 
if we meet the... Uh, that was my uh, panic. Uh, I was more concerned I, I for them in that moment. It was a good plan. Mm. I know what would have happened. It was a good plan. Then, while we still have a chance to make it back to Agmar tonight, why don't we start heading back? Mm-hmm. Cass, I, I understand how hard this is for you to do, and I appreciate you making that difficult decision. And I'm sorry if we had more daylight, more resources. I This is not a light decision for me. And Cassgrin just says, no, you don't understand. And he turns away. It's the four of you, plus two frogs, and a unresponsive, or again, neutral, undead centurion begin making your way back to the red city of Agmar. Battered, tired, but knowing you have a long road ahead of you to get back within its walls safely, and knowing that somewhere behind you is a member of the Bones who may or may not be in control of their faculties. And we will find out what happens next, next week on Reckless Attack. (laughs) 